Are you filled with the Holy Ghost this morning? I'm telling you, it is awesome to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Just think about that. Just think about God coming inside without measure and filling you and I wall to wall and treetop tall, hallelujah, with the Holy Ghost. I'm after him, are y'all? We're after him. He's been after us, and that's no secret, and that's no doubt. Sometimes if we ever stop and just stop our busy lives, he just runs into us because he's chasing us so hard, hallelujah. You don't have to chase God, but if you'll let him catch you, things are better at that moment, hallelujah. He just wants to do us good. He's not mad at anybody. I said he's not mad at anybody. God's not mad at anybody. You think, well, he should be. Well, Jesus took all that, or he would be, but Jesus bore it all. It was a tremendous load. If you think about how mad you get at folks in traffic and in the restaurants and in line, if you think about what people have done to you, God's not mad at anybody because Jesus took it away. He took the hurt of that away. And so we don't have to be mad at anybody. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you how to get blessed all the time. Turn in your Bible with me to Romans chapter 8. Anybody, any heathen can read this Bible. Did y'all know the heathens do read this Bible? Muslims will not read the Bible. They are afraid of the Bible. They are petrified of reading this book because they've been told how cursed they'll be. But some of them have dared to make a commentary out of the Bible so that they can prove how great Allah is, and they'll read it with a disparaging perspective and get born again. They can't help it. You cannot take this in in a critical perspective and not be changed. And I'm telling you, the Word's working. On hardened, hardened Muslims and hardened Hindu people that hate God and won't say the name of Jesus except as a cuss word, yet when they open this up, just say, I'll just prove this, and it changes them. How much more? Hallelujah. We that are easily persuaded to believe. Romans chapter 8, you know this scripture, verse 28, and we know that all things work together, the word there is partner, that all things work together for good, the word there is excellence, The word there means happiness, that we know all things work together for good to them that love God. Say, I do that. And to them who are the called. The word means appointed according to his purpose, his plan, or his intention. So we know that God's intention is that all things, all things, that means all day and every day, that all things work together for our good. Now, there's a lot of bad stuff out there, and its intention is not to work for your good, and some of it has actually been designed by the devil to be our demise. Do y'all believe that? Paul even said, I would have done this, and I wanted to do that, but Satan hindered me. And we looked at Daniel the other day, how that is. We looked at a message last Sunday morning about be a finisher, how God wants us to be a finisher. Well, we have to have some understanding. If we're always spending our life ducking and dodging, being on the defense from the devil or from the world, 
we're never going to get anything done. Do y'all know those people that never get anything done because their whole life they're crying about what people have done and how things don't go and the government's this and people are bad and their money doesn't work and they never get on top. And at the end of the month and the end of the year and then the end of 10 years, you talk to them and they've just survived. And you know they're never going to impact this world. They're dead weight. And all of it is, they've got as much good in them as you and I or anyone else, but it's their perspective. They never could get it together. They were fully focused on why it wasn't working instead of fully focused on why it did work. So it's actually just an adjustment. It's just an adjustment. Is the glass half full or half empty is how the world says it. It's an adjustment, and we can do it. I'm adjusting all the time. How about y'all? And it's working. The inside is dominating the outside. And that's who we are. Paul said, I finished my course. I've run my race. I can go on now because I'm a finisher. And you've got to get to the place where you don't just say I'm in the race. You've got to become a finisher. And God's made a way for you. And it's not as far and hard as you might think. He already has a plan for your life. So I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Do you believe that God has a plan or a design to bless all people? That he has a particular plan that is crafted to your life, that he knows who you are. And if we zig when he says zag and we're off course and everything, he's always got a plan to get us back. He doesn't just say, well, I wanted to help them, but they're off in the woods. They're down in the meadow. They're over on the stream. So just let them do their thing. No, he's going there and working on a plan back, always on a plan back. I'm so glad. <laughs> we need help. Hallelujah. So one thing that I have discovered, we need to be at the right place at the right time. You think about how key that is to be at the right place at the right time. Coach Saban, he said that Terry, his wife, chewed on him and said, why did you run that play? And you did this, and then you ran it again in three. And, of course, I've asked that same question, so I'm tuned in. You know, ask it again, Terry. Why did you run that play? And he said, well, what you might not understand, sweet wife, is, is that that play was the same exact play that went for 79 yards and got the touchdown. It's the same play, but it was run right there, and it was not run right here. And you think it's the wrong play, but it was the same play. It's designed to win every time, but... You know, they didn't do it. They didn't follow through. They didn't have the connection. Well, obviously, when you're throwing a football or a basketball in a game, to be at the right place at the right time is critical. It's in every game, and you see that in the sports arena. But we're on a playing field as well. God's got a specific pattern, go deep, button hook, or do a flank thing or whatever. And we're like, ah, I don't feel like it. And so we're out there. And the so-called ball of life is thrown somewhere else. We're whining and saying, well, so-and-so didn't give me the promotion. Somebody else got the job when actually he was directing us to be at the right place at the right time. The right place has got to be at the right time. Has anybody ever been early? The Lord started talking to you about, this is what I've got in your future. But he didn't say go today. He didn't say go tomorrow. I am famous for knowing something and loading up my stuff and, you know, here we go. But he has to give you some lead time sometimes to prepare you and to pray stuff out. Y'all ever know that God wants you to pray stuff out? 
he's got to give you enough to pray it out, but sometimes we go, I, I got enough, and we're not there at the right time. So if you're early and nothing else is there, it's a busted play, so to speak, in life. You got the right timing and you're at the wrong place. All these things. But you know, did you know, when it comes together, when you're at the right place at the right time, it's perfect. In God, it's when you come home and say, Woo, I'm having a great day. This fell together and that worked out and they did just what I asked. This paid off. It was The people were there and the stuff was there. And we tend to think, here I am. But really, we just paid attention and followed through, and we got it. And you see, that's what God wants every day. Now, the world can't do it. They're impatient. They don't understand. They don't get it. But we are called by His name. He is our Father. And all we have to do, Jesus said, I only do what I see Him do, and I only say what I hear Him say. And you know it worked out for him every time. Sometimes we think it's just because he was Jesus. But actually, he disciplined himself to only be at the right place at the right time. And see, I can do that. Can you do that? Let's say it together. I can do that. You can. I think it'll be easier than trying to pick up from being at the wrong place at the wrong time and having to reload. I think it's easier. I think it's going to be a better life to just wait on him and get it right. I'm going to position myself. I'm going to study it out. I'm going to meditate it. I'm going to give an ear to it. Then when trouble came, you could meet the trouble on the day of trouble. So many people can't meet trouble on the day of trouble. And so trouble comes in and they're not ready and it takes over. And so it builds an armament, it builds a battalion, it builds a garrison, and then you're trying to chink away at the wall and trying to get your pea shooter out, and they're, they've got this howitzer aimed at you. You're not there at the right time. You're not ready for it. I'm telling you, the days ahead are we win every one of them when we're at the right place at the right time. Turn in your Bible with me, if you would, to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. You know, if you're at the right place at the right time, family, did you know you'll meet the right people? Amen. There is a misconception that God just does stuff, that he just does it, he just causes it to happen. But actually, I have found that many times when you pray and when you get in sync with God, he starts lining up physical people that make physical adjustments to be at a physical place with a physical asset for you. That it's not magic where God says, well, I'll just cause it to happen. He literally has to line folks up. And this may be a little shock to you. Sometimes the first one he asks to be your answer says no. So what he has to do is he knows they're going to say no, but in his righteousness, because of divine order, he has to ask them. You go, God, if you know they're going to say no, why don't you just go around them and go straight to the one that'll say yes? Well, it's a divine order thing. If a wife says, you know, I'm believing God for this, God has to, in divine order, work first through her husband. And if he says no, if he locks up, well, he's got a hundred ways to go. None of them is easy. None of them is convenient. But he has to work through somebody else to answer that woman's faith. 
And you go, well, God, just do it. Just cause it to appear. You know, he's not the tooth fairy. Put the tooth under the pillow and you get five bucks. That's what Carter gets or used to get. I think he had too many teeth come out of in a short period of time, and they cut back the remuneration. <laughs> Hallelujah. He was getting lunch money. <laughs> so God actually works through people. Have you ever had the Lord talk to you about doing something that would be a blessing or a, an intervention for somebody else, and you argued with him? Or you second-guessed yourself, actually? You wouldn't argue with God if you knew it was him. But you just go, well, this is. Well, you know, the Lord has to start early enough in your life in order to get you on board to be at the right place at the right time for the one that said, I'll be there. And it's a tremendous coordination issue from the heavenlies. So if that's true, if God's not magic, if he doesn't just blink and just say, it'll be there, and I know there's certain things that El Shaddai has access to. Let's not say that God's in a box and he might not can do it. But I'm telling you how he works in the earth on a normal basis. It's going to be through folks. So it says in Ecclesiastes, let's see where we are. We're in chapter 9. Let's look in verse 11. Because if you're at the right place at the right time, you're going to have people come into your life. You're going to have the right opportunities. You're going to have the right doors open when you're at the right place at the right time. You're going to be protected. I noticed that a lot of folks, they just say, God, I just believe you can do it here. I know people concerning healing. This would be religious folks generally. that say, well, you know, God, if you're really able to heal me, I don't want to go down to that church. And I don't want to get that pastor to pray for me. If you really are a healer, then just heal me here at home. And they get mad at God, and they develop all sort of pseudo-false doctrine about, well, God doesn't heal all the time. But actually, they're just out of whack. They're not at the right place. Well, if God could, if he wanted to, just heal me right here. Well, he doesn't want to heal you right there. There's a whole bunch of other things that are involved in this process. He's not magic. He's not magic. Let's say it together. He's not magic. He's not magic. This thing is in divine order. This thing is all worked out. And the reason it is, is because you can always predict. You can always position yourself for God to work. When there's magic, you never know what the rules are. He might or he might not. You know, I had my red socks on. I wonder if that's going to work. But with these things, you can always position yourself that if God ever did it, according to his word, he'll do it again and he'll do it every time. I like to say it like the cable company where they say there's movies on demand. I like to say there's God on demand. That he'll do what his word says and he'll do it every time and he'll do it all the time. Amen. And he's not magic. So it says in chapter 9 verse 11, I returned and saw under the sun. Now listen, look, look, look. That the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. Now we're talking about being at the right place at the right time, because at that place there's the right people, there's the right provision, there's the right protection. You think about 911 here in our nation. 
And you think about the 3,000, was there 3,000, 2,800 people that perished in that one day in New York 10 years ago? Think about all the people that were at the wrong place that day. And there was 3,000 of them that actually were at the wrong place. But did you know, and I know you do, that there was a host of people that were not there, that were supposed to be there, that were scheduled to be there, that were planning on being there. But they got notice inside. Events began to work in their behalf, and they either delayed their normal schedule and routine or didn't go at all, or were sidetracked by some event that was not normal. And so the thing started coming down in the middle of the morning, and they weren't there. You've heard the stories of how people got in the lobby and said, you know, I just don't feel right about this, and they walked out. And you go, isn't that lucky? It's absolutely not lucky. It's absolutely what Solomon's talking about here, that you don't win by skill and by wisdom and by being fast or being strong, but there's a, another factor that comes into our life. Well, I want that factor in my life. I want to be at the right place at the right time. I've road tested this thing where you just work hard and you worry about it and you plan and you reason and you rationalize it. I've worked that plan, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and sometimes you can come out on it sort of good, and sometimes it's a bust. You'll work and strive, and still, it doesn't come out. And so we've got to change our ways. There's an easy way. It's hidden from the world, but it's absolutely God's plan for our life. It says in verse 12, For man also knoweth not his time. Look at this. As the fishes, he says man, are as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and that man is as the birds that are caught in the snare, and that man is as the sons of men snared in evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. You know, people that are in accidents or in a uh, situation, they always say, you know, like if a car T-bones them or runs a red light, you've come up on an accident. They all say, if they lived, it happens so fast and I didn't even know what happened. All of a sudden, I was this, and all of a sudden, that, and my whole life, I wake up in the ER, I wake up in the ICU and all that, and it changes their life, and it happens so fast. It comes on them suddenly. In other words, if it was something they could say, a meteor is coming to the earth, and it's going to be here in 13 months, and we would look at it, and we would see the trajectory and all that, but this thing, usually, it just comes on you. God doesn't want that to ever happen to you and me. He doesn't bring it, and he doesn't want the devil bringing it. It is his plan for us to be at the right place at the right time. Now, just ask anybody that's had their life tremendously interrupted by being at the wrong place, and they become a believer in saying, if there's any other option, sign me up. You know, when we have a delay and traffic's slow or something, you go, what is up? All these people just dragging around, and then you get up there and a wreck still just steaming. A wreck has just happened three minutes ago, right when we would have been there. That delay was not just a delay. We were being put at the right place at the right time. You got to believe in that. You got to understand that, and you'll live long if you do. He said that the race and the battle is not won to those that run the fastest. The bread is not given. The riches don't come to those 
who are in the world, but it comes to the people, listen, who are at the right place at the right time. So point to yourself and say it with me. Be at the right place at the right time all the time. All my life. We are sons and daughters of God. And if we'll listen to the Father, He'll never let us be in an adverse situation. There will be pressure. There's pressure in the world. Jesus said you're in the world, even though you're not of the world. There will be pressure, but it doesn't have to come. What Psalm 91 says, nigh our dwelling. Praise God. Now, look in verse 11. I want you to see something here because it's really interesting what that Scripture actually says in the Hebrews. In the last part of it, it says, The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. See, that's so contrary to the world. Neither yet bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, or yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happen to them all. Now, if you can write in your Bible, circle that word to. That word to is made up of two Hebrew letters. In the English translation, we don't get it right. The word there to is actually comprised of the first Hebrew letter in the alphabet and the last Hebrew letter in the alphabet. It's Aleph and Tav. Aleph and Tav. That's A-L-E-P-H. That's the first Hebrew letter in this word too. And Tav, T-A-V. It's the first and last Hebrew letters is what's happening there. And it's real important to know right here in this particular time and chance happen we need to know what the preposition is there. And it's the same as if in the Greek first letter and the last letter is Alpha and Omega. Well, Jesus, now listen, Jesus is the only Aleph and Tav. He is the only Alpha and Omega. This word is not speaking about that trouble and that time and chance happen to us all. It's talking about time and chance are in the control of and under the dominion of the Alpha and the Omega, the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the end. That he has something to say about you being at the right place at the right time. That it's not your skill. It's not your wisdom. It's not your battle might. That's not going to win the race. You'll win a lot of races by exercising and training and studying and being educated. You'll win a lot of races but one time, how many of y'all know it? One time, you'll be at the wrong place at the wrong time, and it wipes it out. So we have to submit ourselves. There's a way to submit to the Alpha and the Omega where we are not at the wrong place at the wrong time. That time and chance happen in Jesus for us. Turn with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 16. Jesus has the final say of where you and I will be at every moment of our life. Not the doctor, not the particular crisis that's going on around you. Are y'all listening? Yes. Not what people think, like your boss or our government or our president or our senators. They're putting some stuff out there that is negative, that's not really conducive to us living the life that we need to live. They don't have the last say. They have a say, but they don't have the beginning and the ending for us. So, the other day I listened to somebody. They said something about, well, that's the way it goes for me. That'll be my luck. 
that it'll happen that way. Something had gone wrong, and they said, yeah, you know, that's the way it goes, and that's the way it always happens to us. It's a jesting, kind of a false humility, but talking about how, yeah, I'm always at the wrong place at the wrong time. Have y'all ever said that? I mean, we have. We've all said it, just in jesting, like, didn't work out for me. Did it work out for you? No, it never works out for me. If anything bad can happen, it will happen. It'll be at the worst possible time. Murphy's Law. We have a law that's in there that describes the world's posture and expectancy and their future. But we have been exempted out. It says in Proverbs, are you there? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. The Bible said a man's heart plans his ways. So we get our purposes. We get our course set under God, which way am I supposed to go? Our heart plans our way. In other words, the headlines, the broad thing. I believe I'm going to be a missionary, or I'm going to be an archaeologist, or I'm going to be a, a whatever. I'm going to plan my way out of my heart. But the Bible says, but what? But the Lord directs his steps. Let's say it together. The Lord directs my steps. So he's going to direct your steps. Now, steps are something. It's not the whole course. It says it plans his ways. In other words, the whole broad thing. But steps, everybody has to take them one at a time. Nobody, no matter how skilled they are, can take 10 steps at a time. Even if you take a big step, it's just a step. And the Bible says that God will direct. In other words, he'll have an input. He'll have a directive on your steps. Doesn't mean we have to hear it. Doesn't mean that we have to heed it if we do hear it, but that he is putting it out. This is the way you should go. Well, now we're without excuse. When we're at the wrong place at the wrong time, we can't say, Lord, why didn't you say something? You know, if you got the radio on and they're talking about a big thing in traffic down the road, go around it, take a detour, and you get down there and you're stuck in traffic for the three hours, you go, ah. I had the radio on. Why didn't it tell me about it? But you were on the wrong station. We could be on the wrong station and miss all the news about directing our steps. In other words, you've got to tune in. And I want to talk to you this morning just a little bit about tuning in. Let's go to Psalm 37. Sometimes people, we get into a crisis mode. We get into a tight spot, as it were. We get into a place in our life, and the odds are overwhelming. The pressure is great. We get into a place and we go, the economy is bad. Have we all heard that said? Maybe we've said it. The economy is bad. And then we say, therefore. It's what follows the therefore behind anything that's pervasive, that's going on, that sets what we're going to have. The economy is bad. Therefore, these times are hard. Or nobody's spending. Or they're laying off at work or they're not making promotions, and we begin to paint with a broad brush what is happening in a broad sphere, we begin to apply it to our life. But the truth is, is if you need to sell something and hardly anybody wants one of those, you need to remember, you just need one buyer. You don't need them to be going off the shelves like hotcakes and that everybody wants one. All you need, all I need, a child of God, the right place at the right time, I just need one buyer. When I'm buying something and nobody's got them, all I need is one seller. You get to thinking that you have to have 
a hundred of them available, but you just want to buy one. You just need one. And you need to get a special me, right place, right time type person uh, mentality about there may not be many, but there's one, and I just need one. Therefore, therefore, he will direct my steps to the one. You need a job? Nobody's hiring. Nobody wants what I do. Nobody. You just need one. You don't have to have the whole world moving towards you so that you're just one of many that gets a job like that. You just need somebody that just had somebody quit, and they're looking for somebody to replace that one somebody, and they just need one, but you are the one. And you got to have a right place, right time perspective in order to have the blessings of the Lord. Because if you don't, if you go, you know, nobody's hiring. It's true, not many are. It's true, they're not everywhere, but you just need one. And see, God's got the one picked out for you. He said, right place. There's just one out there, just one. But if you'll be at the right place, you will be the one. Now, you got to put that inside. That's how we live. That's how Debbie and I live. We are always tempted to say, whew, it is tough. It is lean. It is not good. It is out there. It's against us. But we just need one. So where is the one, Lord? We'll be at the right place at the right time, and we'll have the one. It'll work every time. Praise God. Psalm 37, 23. Let's look at that. Verse 23, look at this verse. Let's read it together. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Now, let's talk about that verse this morning, because I'm going to give you the key of how to be at the right place at the right time. It's in the Bible, and you knew it would be. But see, there's not much more important things as we live our lives than to be at the right place at the right time. There's just so much of us. And increasingly, as we get older, there's less of us to cram in a 16-hour day where you can be at 16 hours of wrong places trying to find the one. Listen, I'm to the place right now. I need to go to one place and it be it. (laughs) I just don't have the whatever to go all over town and throw the lotto out there and buy 23 lotto tickets trying to hit the number. I need to get the winner the first time. I, I got to be there. And you know, that's because there's more of a demand on my life and your life. And then there's natural things. But look what it says. It says, the steps of a good man. That word, the steps, actually means the going forth. You know, life is just a going forth. This morning you got up and you went forth. You went forth and got in the car and came to church. The steps of a good man, the going forth of a good man. Now, the word good there is in italics, so it's not in the original. It's talking about a man, but it's in the Bible, and it's talking about the blessing of the Lord. And so it is talking about a good man, a man that's righteous conscious, a man that's looking to God, a man that's saying, God, help me. So it's talking about you and me, the steps of a good man, my steps. That's what I'm saying, my steps. My steps are ordered. Now, I want you to look at this word ordered. Because that's the key is, God, how are you going to tell me how to be at the right place at the right time? The word order means to be directed or to be fixed, to be set up. 
So there's a setting up. Now, one way you can set up to get your steps ordered that God can direct you is to read the Bible. Let's get plain here. Let's get open here. If you're getting up in the morning early and watching the cartoons and watching CNN all day long and course jesting and hanging out with the Spit and Whittle Club and the Quilting Bee and all that stuff, you are going to have a hard time downloading stuff that will direct you. There's a consciousness inside of us that is enlarged or increased as we get into the presence of the Lord. And His Word is His presence. And then in prayer... When you open your heart up, a prayer is simply opening your heart up. You can pray anytime. You can pray going down the road, but really you should be driving. You should be paying attention. I'm coming down the other lane, and I don't want you off in the third heaven. I want you in your lane. <laughs> I want you stopping at that red sign that says S-T-O-P. I don't want you in the third heaven, but I'm praying for the nations. Well, stop. So really, the presence of the Lord or the directing of the Lord is not going to come on you. Not to say that praying on the road is not good, of course, but there's got to be a dedicated time where we pull aside and we say, I need a directing my steps download. Every time we get in the car to go to Birmingham or to go anywhere, I know Debbie pulls out her Bible because we go early. She pulls out her Bible and she starts declaring our trip. She starts declaring that, Lord, you are clearing a path before us. If I've heard that once, I've heard it ten as many times as we've gone out on the road. That woman always, Lord, you are clearing a path before us. And then she goes into a mantra of things that the Lord said he would do for us if we would yield to him. And so it's a directing. And she starts talking about directing traffic and directing other drivers and starts dominating our circumstances before we even get there. If we're going to Texas, before we get to Meridian, before we get to Jackson, before we get to Fort Worth, just directing those things, those things come under the dominion and the power of her words, and then I agree, they start orchestrating and moving around in conjunction to what we have to have at the right place at the right time. And we've never been in a wreck. Did you hear me? We have never been in a wreck. We have had no wreck since when I wrecked the car that her daddy gave her when she graduated from high school, and I married her, and we got the car, and Willie Nelson says, uh, if you got the money, honey, I got the time, we'll take your car and leave my old wreck behind. That's kind of what happened. <laughs> she had the car, and we left my old wreck behind. Well, then I wrecked her car in Seminole. The guy pulled in front of me. It was all his fault. <laughs> but my point is, since that day, we have not been in any kind of wreck. You know, we can't stand, none of us in here can stand one false move. We can't stand a wreck that would throw in the hospital or that would, none of us can stand it. It would change our lives. Well, do you know the devil wants to change your life? So we got to get in the bubble. We got to get in the place where he can't get us. Amen. So let's go back to this. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Here's the part. I said all of that to say this. And he delighteth, the man delighteth in his way. Now the word delighteth there means to take pleasure, to have pleasure in, to delight. But I found another translation, and it says used obscurely, but it means this. It means to move or to bend down. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he 
moves or bends down, what does it say there? In his way. In other words, here's how people think. Now, here's how Christians think. God, I want you to bless me right here. Where I am right now, I want you to bless me in what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and what I'm thinking and how I'm thinking it. But you know, the Lord says, I got a spot right over here that's blessed. <laughs> it is blessed. It is blessed. If you'll bend, if you'll move down, if you'll get over into this spot, you'll be so blessed. A lot of Christians are not blessed because they don't want to bend. They want to take delight in their way instead of his way. His way is the right friends. Well, Lord, but I've known these friends for years and years, even though they're heathens, even though... He said, I want you to have some new friends. Doesn't mean that we're not ministering to them and helping them and all that. We're not just sending them to hell, but our friends got to change. You go, well, I got some real hoodlums at work. Well, if you can't handle it, if they're influencing you... You may have to say, God, i got to have a new job. I'm not strong enough to walk this out at that particular job. And you know he'll say, well, move over here. I've already got a place prepared for you. Just move over here. You just need one good job. Move over here. Now, some people, they can work anywhere. And the heathen of the heathen, the meanest of all, they can stand up against it. But a lot of us, we can't. Anyway, but it says, and he delighteth, he moves or bends down in his ways. So here it is, folks. You've got to find a satisfaction, a delight in God. Like I said, you've got to draw aside. You want to be protected? You want to be at the right place? You want to get the right contracts? And the people that don't pay, we just don't work for them? The ones that are slow pay, we just don't work for them. If you're not going to pay, I need to know up front in God, and I'm going to set it so high and need money up front, and to work for you, I've got to have it in advance. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to go get to the ones that will pay and pay on time. See, that's what a businessman would do. Right place, right time. It comes from delighting in him. Now, family, here it is. We're all going to have to be where we draw aside to him and spend time with him. We're going to have to delight in him. Some people, they don't mind praying. They got their little confession Da-da-da-da-da, and da-da-da-da-da, and da-da-da-da-da, amen, da-da. And they've said, well, you know, I've been with the Lord. I've prayed, I've read my devotional, I've read my word. But there was no delight. There's no delight. It'd be better to spend three minutes delighting than to spend an hour in a legalistic mantra of repetitious and vain carryings on where we actually say, God, I've just got five minutes, but boy, I'm coming into the secret place, and I'm going to be here, and I'm going to delight in you. I want to be here. See, that has to be developed. You have to develop that wanter. The flesh is going to say, we ain't got time for that. We need time for our latte on the way to work. And you got to pull aside and say, God, I'm, I'm going to read one scripture this morning, and I'm going to squeeze it out. And I'm praying, Lord God, and we begin to pull aside, you know what he does? He puts you, he directs you to be at the right place at the right time. We have to download the Lord to be at the right place at the right time. And I'll tell you, just in a purely time sense and work sense, it doesn't take as long or as much effort as it does to recover 
from being at the wrong place at the wrong time.